una y dos y dos una y dos Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. And Carla de Puerto Rico. And on the show, we talk about art, creativity, city life. From a Latino perspective, I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 49. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify, and also on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. And you could also go to my online store, cortezNYC.bigcartel.com. You can find original art, stickers, posters, pins, and all kinds of goodies for you to support, shop and support. And a big shout out to all our followers, all our listeners from around the world. Uh, shout out to the caravan of Latinos coming up through uh, the border. We'll see how this turns out. What are we talking about this time, Carla? What are you talking about? <laughs> depth. Depth? That's depth. important. Depth. We need to have depth in Not our death. lives. Not death. Depth. I know depth. <laughs> All right. So last episode, we talked about, I talked about uh, creating volume and mass in lettering so this and then i kind of hinted at well you could go a little further and create depth and dimension um and since last time we spoke about uh alexandria cortez ocasio cortez -Cortez, and we talked about her politics and we decided to go in depth and Mm -hmm. go a little deeper into what is her politics and we're going to talk about democratic socialism right so this episode is all about going deeper going in depth going yeah going Showing dimension, showing yeah, getting the distance, in there. the distance, getting in there exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> showing the distance, going the distance like a caravan, like a caravan marching across, marching across the highway. And you see all those people in the distance. That's depth. That's depth. That's depth. Not depth. Depth. That's what I said. Depth. It always sounds like you're saying depth. Um, all right. So to to create depth, uh, like we said in the last podcast, last episode, we talked about. That this is this is not r- realistic illustration. This is uh, this is like little cheats. These are like little tricks that you can do with any kind of ballpoint pen or any kind of pencil that will create the illusion that implies depth. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, in nowhere you're trying to create reality. You're not trying to create a photograph, photographic reality. You're just, you're just taking lettering, and that's why I decided to use, use lettering as an example. You're taking lettering and you're making it, uh, you're using these tricks to make it seem like it's dimensional, like it's in a space. Yeah. So, I have five little topics here that we can discuss, mm-hmm. little tricks. Number one is size. The size between one object and another, that can create depth. If you, if you make an object bigger and right next to you, you make an object that's smaller, they can seem like it's one big and one small, but depending on how you place it, one of the bigs and one of the small objects, you can create the illusion that one is bigger, bigger or in front of the oh, other. In front of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
you could it depends how you place it though mm -hmm. and that's where you have to experiment and that's where you have to practice a little bit but depending on the on where you place the object in relation to the other just the scale alone can create a sense of depth of space like one is in front and one is behind um i think this this works with figures it works with even with a cube if you made one cube big and one cube small like you would get the idea right um the next one that i would say is overlap so first you have your scale you have one big and one small but then overlap is the next trick that'll definitely give you a sense of dimension and depth um on the most under the most basic way um just by taking one object and overlapping the other so that you're showing that one is being covered by the other object that automatically lets it tricks the brain and it tricks the eye and it says that one object is in front of the other um and and you don't need any shading really to do this i mean if you just take one circle make it a half circle and then put another circle in front of it mm -hmm. on top of it so that you only see half circle of one and then you see the, the rest of the other that already just lets you know that one circle is in front of the other and and it gives the illusion that there's spheres or something you know one globe in front of the other yeah um that's overlap overlap is that trick um and then if you combine size with overlap you definitely are going to get dimension um the next one and and again like i said before on this on the previous podcast previous episode um, I'm going to do a post for this so that you guys can get a visual point of reference for what I'm saying. Because I know that just hearing me talk about it might lose some people and mm -hmm. might confuse some people. But uh, the visual will definitely sell it. So the next, so the next one, number three, is um, line thickness. Line thickness is big. Um, it's a nice trick. If you take a circle, you take another circle, and you just make one circle with a bolder line than the other, that bold line circle is going to stand out more than the other even if they're equally sized it's going to give you the impression that one is in front of the other that one is that one is behind that one is in the distance and one is closer um and again all these techniques like these little tricks if you combine them all it it creates the entire sense of depth it's not just one or the other but if you combine all of them size overlap and line thickness you will definitely get a sense of depth in your in your drawing um, and these are things that you could do without any shading. Um, so that was number three, line thickness. Number four, this is a little more, this might involve a little more uh, shading, I think, to, to pull this off. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be very realistic shading, but just a little sense of shading. So number four is contrast. Um, things that are closer to you in, in an illustration, in a drawing, things that are closer or upfront, they tend to have um, higher contrast. Um, you, you see more of like the shading, you see more of like the highlight, the mid-tone, the shadows, and, and you, you can very clearly see that there's detail in the, sh in the contrast. Mm -hmm. um, objects that are further away have lower contrast. And this is a, an illusion that, um, I mean, you see it in, in reality when you look out, look at photographs or you look out into the distance, you'll see that a building that's far away will have lower contrast it, the, the colors will be a little more muted mm -hmm. um the highlight to the shadow contrast becomes a little lower um you can definitely i mean a perfect illustration of this is on a foggy day or on a, or on a rainy day if you look into the distance you'll see that things are like kind of like cast into a you know like a grayed out um cast yeah um so that that gives you less contrast than an object that's right in front of you 
that is that is lit and it has the highlights and the shadows and the you know it's you see the texture you see all these things so that 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 contrast is what makes things look far away or close up but i think in order to do that you might have to do a little bit of shading a little bit of rendering just to kind of give a little bit of that um especially if you're just doing like a circle or a cube mm-hmm. you know you're gonna have to do some play um in shading um, and then the, the last one on this little list is number five, detail, which I kind of hinted at before. Um, so detail also goes along with that. It's a photographic trick that, that tricks the eye. Um, it's something that we see in everyday life, but you can imitate it in your drawing. So if you're drawing something it, that is up close, you put a lot more detail into it. Uh, detail can be the texture, it can be the pattern. Um, for example, if Carla, if you're standing in front of me mm-hmm. and I'm sketching you, you know, I'm going to probably draw in the sketch um, maybe your, your eyelashes, your eyebrows, your pupils, you know, your lips, your nostrils, your earrings. I'm, I'm going to put more detail into you because you're up close and I can see these things. Yeah. Um, if you're, let's say, at the other side of the room, I might be able to see these things, but I'm not going to see the details in them. So I'm going to kind of ignore some of those things and I'm probably going to focus more on your entire body head to toe yeah and and i'm not going to put as many details i'm going to just put your figure and i'm going to put like your gesture Mm -hmm. um and your face is going to be simplified i'm not going to put every eyelash yeah yeah you know if you're on the other side of the room so those little tricks can work for drawing a human being but they could also work for uh drawing a building you know if i'm drawing a building that's up close and then i'm drawing a building that's far away the building that's up close i'm going to draw the window, the windowsills, the the bricks. I'm gonna detail the bricks. I'm gonna draw if there's a, a sign on the window or somebody somebody's face, you know, somebody hanging out in a, in a window. I'm gonna be able to draw them mm-hmm. in the window. Uh, if I, there's a building that's far away, I'm probably just gonna draw the, you know, some generic shapes, you exactly. know, like a, a big rectangle uh, and the little squares that make the uh, the windows. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. And I'm not gonna get into the details of the building. And these, these little tricks, if you combine all of them, um, and, I, and I'll show you guys an example of that. That's what I'll post. I'll, I'll post a visual for this. But if you combine size, overlap, line thickness, um, contrast, and detail, if you combine all these tricks together, your drawing will have depth. Mm-hmm. It'll have a sense of dimension. Um, and like, I'll, I'll probably show it uh, with some lettering. Um, but if you can do this with lettering, and people do it in graffiti all the time, they they do they actually do this in graffiti. If you look at some of the more elaborate um, productions, yeah, you'll see that people do these little tricks to kind of give you a sense of depth. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll do something in the background, and they'll just use like one can and just kind of give you like a like a, a misty background and 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 maybe silhouette yeah. only. You know, like if you're gonna do some figures in the background, maybe you just make them in silhouette. There's no detail. And then in front of that figure, you'll put a figure that has detail. You can see his face and his expression and all that stuff. Um, or in graffiti all the time, they do buildings. Like they'll do cities. They'll just do the silhouette mm-hmm. of the buildings mm-hmm. and they'll just put maybe a little bit of detail and then they'll make one building that's up close and it has mm-hmm. the bricks. Yeah. You know, and that's how they, it's a cartoon way of, of you know, giving you a sense of dimension. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so th- those are those tricks. What do you think of this, Carla? Well, it's very interesting. Yeah, you ever mess around with any of this? <laughs> no. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's it's good to know that you can go uh, maybe step by step and then create a final 
piece that will give you that sense of depth you know so sometimes you don't think about the step-by-step -step aspect of it well well think of it like this um like if if there's any artists out there that are wondering like why do i need to care about depth like can't i just draw my thing mm -hmm. um what depth what depth does number one it's an, it, it gives you interesting compositions yeah um obviously it gives you a sense of reality a little a little more realism to your thing it gives a sense of space yeah. right so that's the, the the first attraction but the other thing that it does is that it gives you a sense of um it gives you an extra tool because you're creating a space and you're overlapping objects it allows you to have more objects in the in the piece of paper that you're drawing mm. so if you're drawing in a piece of paper and and you wanted to put let's say 10 cars you know well if you're just going to draw them side by side you're going to need a huge piece of paper mm -hmm. right because you're going to draw one car and then the next car then and then you'll be like oh my god these are like stacking up you know if you put if you're just lining them up left to right it's going to be a very long piece of paper yeah. right but if you show depth you can show 10 cars in a small square mm -hmm. but you just show a little bit of the car behind the next car behind the next car behind the next car so you're looking down at all the cars in in dimension and in, mm. in space and that's how you that's how artists began to develop um let's say like from the egyptian times yeah where everything was left to right yeah where hieroglyphics are always like just left to right and just keep going down the wall yeah it, that's where art left that behind and became that you're looking into a window mm -hmm. you're looking into a space mm -hmm. you know that's where depth kind of started playing in mm -hmm. and and that's just a simple little trick just by overlapping stuff the minute that's that they discovered overlapping and and putting things in the distance mm -hmm. you know like the window the the picture window you know that that concept of looking into a space you know that was born and uh and, and it's and it, like I said, it exists in graffiti. Like even if you look at some of the murals that are out there, you know, you're limited to space. Yeah. You don't have you don't have a whole you know you don't have the entire wall for yourself. Yeah. You're given this little space. So how do you create more things into that little space? Well, you start to put them behind each other and you start to stack them, and you start to create depth. You go into the space. Take advantage of the space that you're given. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um. And then I mean. It makes it more realistic. I it, feel it makes it more realistic, but it, uh, but it also gives it more interest, point of interest. Yeah, that's you that's know, true. like when you see something that is flat, left to right, just lined up, one, then the next object is on the right, then the next object is on the right. It's predictable. Yeah, and yeah, you're just yeah. looking at the whole thing, and you're just kind of reading left to right, and you're just seeing the whole thing. But when you start to stack objects and put one in front of the other, it challenges your brain. It makes you mm -hmm. complete the image. If you if you only see, you know part of somebody's shoulder and you don't see their body and you only mm -hmm. see a little bit of their face and their shoulder and they're hiding behind an object and then mm -hmm. behind that object is like a little bit of a, of a scenery mm -hmm. your brain starts to invent what's the rest of the image that's missing what's the story behind what's the, the story behind literally behind mm -hmm. you know the objects what's the yeah. story behind them yeah. so that that's a point of interest and it gives a sense of scene and it challenges your imagination a little more yeah than just putting up putting a piece dead center with no with no depth no yeah, dimension yeah, yeah. Um, even if you were to render it really realistically but an object just sitting in the middle of nowhere not doing anything is not gonna impress anybody it's mm -hmm. not gonna challenge anybody it's more that would be more like a study of an object yeah. instead of a, a scene right you know um, but then the other the other trick if we you know this is strictly black and white and I'm I'm gonna stick to the visual it's 
it's gonna just be pen and ink. I'll do something with a ballpoint pen. But if we went into color, mm-hmm. and I just talked about quickly creating depth with color, um, there are theories for creating depth in color that that um, are instant cues to the brain that give you a sense of depth without going too realistic. Um, and I'll just go through a little bit of that. Like uh, one of the things that I remember was uh, being told that you want to use um, complementary colors, colors that contrast each other, like uh, red and green, mm-hmm. right? So you want to, if you have, uh, or, or, or purple and, and yellow, mm-hmm. or blue and orange. Mm-hmm. So if you're painting something in color, uh, even if it's watercolor or markers or anything, or spray paint, right? And you're, you're doing something that is, let's say, in blue tints, then you're going to make your background elements or the elements that go behind it begin to slowly go from blue to orange Mm. orange tint i don't mean bright orange i mean like orangey kind of tints like a warm glow so the cool stuff will be in the front and the warm stuff would be in the background or vice versa the opposite the warm stuff can be in the front and the cool stuff can be in the background yeah and and when i say blue and orange or purple and yellow i don't mean i mean you can do it but I, i don't mean the stark exaggerated high contrast purple and yellow mm-hmm. i mean a cast of purple a cast of it like a like a light wash of purple and a light wash of the yellow glow for the objects behind and that alone will give you a sense of depth even if even if you don't render it realistically right that's the interesting thing that you don't you don't even have to render it like a fully rendered thing the minute that you start to give the illusion that colors recede and turn into another color as they go behind mm-hmm. your brain locks into that and gets it and it understands that that you know in the front is the object that's that's greenish mm-hmm. and in the background is the object that's reddish yeah um and and you see that in photographs you see that um uh, like i'll give you an example like on a, on a day in the beach yeah. right and you're under an umbrella and and you're looking out at the people out in the beach well everything that's in front of you and and with you around you or close to you if it's under an umbrella it's going to be cast with a little bit of a blue everything that's behind you outside on the beach is going to be bright yellow and orange mm-hmm. so you have that blue to yellow mm-hmm. or if you slide a little bit over you'll have purple to yellow blue to orange mm-hmm. you know those are the kind of contrasts that you're playing with there um or if you slide in a little bit in the into the other direction you could have everything under the umbrella is greenish and everything outside on the beach is orange mm-hmm. uh, you'll see that sometimes in old photos you'll see where there's a very, very green to orange hue um over cast over everything yeah um but that that contrast of you know the, the what's cool and what's warm you see that in photos also if you take a picture um inside of a room mm-hmm. and in the distance is the sky and 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 the city mm-hmm. on a not so sunny day you will see a very clear definition that the lighting that's inside is a little more orange or yellow because it's the light bulbs and everything outside is a lot cooler and a lot bluer. Yeah. And it's going to be very clear. It's going to be very obvious. And and that's where you see those things. The other trick in color, playing with perspective, um, if it's not using the complementary colors like that, contrasting colors, um, it is to go from saturation to ne- to neutral to grays. So you go from something that is very colorful and filled with color in the in the foreground mm-hmm. in the front and things that go further back become gray. You start to mute down the colors and you start to use, 
you can use color, but use colors that are more muted down and grayish, mm -hmm. right? And that'll start to lower the contrast of the objects and send it further back. And, and it tricks your eye, makes you think that you're seeing something that goes into the distance. Um, also, black, the black to white, you'll have objects that in the front have a very heavy, high contrast, black shadows, white highlights. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at something in the distance, they have gray shadows and yeah. gray highlights. They tend to mute down a little bit. Yeah. So they, 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 they look a little more faded and that gives you that sense of depth. Um, these are color tricks, mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm not going to show you guys this. I think that would be too much. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'll think about it. See how much time I have to make this post. But but, um, but that's, I think, another, that couldn't go, I couldn't talk about this without talking about color because I think people are more familiar with the color play mm -hmm. because in cartoons, they do it all the time. Mm -hmm. Like when you, if you grew up watching cartoons, you'll see this all the time. They will always yeah. be like that. And in a lot of movies, you'll see people are by the fire, they're orange outside everything's blue yeah. so you have orange in the inside blue on the outside and they they use these color plays a lot to create depth otherwise your photo would look flat your mm -hmm. images would look flat um the same exact positioning of objects but just by changing the tint of what's in front and what's in the back you can exaggerate the contrast of the of the depth and you create depth within the little picture frame yeah um and that and that's what it's all tricks. It's just nothing but tricks. It, in movies, they literally are tricks because they're doing it on purpose. The lighting is always fake. Visual always. illusions. Visual illusions constantly to, to illustrate the point of where things are in space. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that's it. I think that's all I have for this one, guys. That's wow. my in-depth. <laughs> in-depth. Depth. Not death. I'm not saying death. <laughs> depth. 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 <laughs> in depth. Yes. I know it's a tricky one. In depth. Yeah, this is my in depth conversation about depth, about dimension. Um, if you guys have any other suggestions, or if you guys just want to contribute your opinions, or if you guys just want to <laughs> check out my post, go on to the Instagram. That's Cortez NYC live stream on Instagram. Cortez with an S. Um, and check us out. Leave a comment. I'll be posting this. If not tomorrow, then the day after. Um, and I hope that this helps some of you guys to get more inspired into creating a sense of space in your art. You know, space, depth, dimension, the illusion of uh, places to walk into, the, a window into your art. All right, guys. Separa menos tiempo. Un, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez, Culture talk. Culture talk. All right, I'm here for all of this because I was told that I'm going to learn some new politics today, that I'm not really a Democrat, that I'm some sort of socialist Democrat. Oh, my God. We'll see. We'll see what, what that is I'm this about. I'm a communist, crazy communist oh, now. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm now not a Democrat. You're misinforming <laughs> the people over here. So. Yeah. No, I, I, um, what, I got in the mail. I got my, my letter saying that I'm... Registered to vote. Registered to vote. Democratic Party for the next whatever that is. November 6th. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But um get ready, go vote. It's important uh more than ever. 
<laughs> but but you uh, th- what you're gonna talk about today is not democratic. Uh, well, it's not on the ballot. No, it's not. In the ballot, it's just uh, democratic. So what what so what are we talking gonna, about today? We're, we're gonna be talking about democratic socialism. Socialism. Okay. And I wanted to talk about it because in the last episode we talked about Alexandre Ocasio Cortez, and I wanted to go a little bit more into depth of what is democratic socialism, what does it stand for, and what are some of the ideas behind this philosophy, which is very interesting and is not what the majority thinks that is uh, communism or, you know, that it's about the government ruling everything. Yeah, they're associated with, uh, with Cuba and Cubans. Yeah. They're associated with uh, Venezuela. They're associated exactly. with... Like, they're associated with all kinds of things that, that are, quote-unquote, un-American. Meanwhile, yeah. it's probably the most American thing mm-hmm. because a, a lot of people share this ideology mm-hmm. and they don't realize it. So, based on the definition given by the Democratic Socialist of America... What? It official, says, official. Yeah. It says that democratic socialists believe that both economy and society should be run democratically to meet public needs, not to make profits for a few. Ah, that's a big difference right there. The concept that the economy and the... Yeah, the um, economy and society should be run that way. Should be run by the people, people, which is the base of this nation. Um, For the people, by the people, and we the people, you know, the people is always named everywhere. (laughs) But um, it says also that it is uh, this ideology is to achieve a more just society um, where many structures of our government and economy must be radically transformed through greater economy through greater economic and social democracy so that ordinary Americans can participate in the many decisions that affect our lives. Mm. So it's basically saying that instead of having a representative government, which is that what we have right now, we have people that represent us in the Congress, in Senate, right? It's, it's to give uh, the people and just uh, general people like people that are maybe very humble very simple to ha- to give them a voice and to give them an opportunity to talk about their problems and their ideas and how they feel and, and also so for, that, they have for, their power. They, for them for them themselves the people themselves to manage some of these things these economic mm-hmm. things and some of these social things yeah okay so and then i looked up a little bit more and there's an article in the New York Times, that is a quiz to know if you are a democratic socialist. Fake news. Or fake, no. Fake news. Fake news. So, but they had... <laughs> <laughs> fake news. But they had uh, different questions, right? And you go through the questions, depending on your answer, it tells you you are... Um, you agree with what they say or you don't. Okay. So, I'm just going to tell you... So, this is a quiz to see if you agree with some if, of these ideologies of And those. then, at the end... For you to know if you're a democratic socialist or not. Okay. So I'm just going to tell you some of the ideas that they highlighted through the quiz. But then if you guys want, you can Google it, 
take it and maybe find out are you a democratic socialist or not okay so uh, democratic socialists believe that whenever possible industries should be controlled by the workers who operate them huh. and the consumers who depend on them wow not by corporations not by the government making people run our society our workplaces and economies that's pretty big so it's giving the power it's almost to like union like union the mentality they be, they also believe in labor unions yeah yeah so it's, it's a type of of think of, of saying because we're working here because we are producing and at the same time we are consuming we should be we should have something to say about it about how it's run about the ethics and the, yeah. the finances and yeah all because yeah. why a corporation that is on top of everything should be the one just giving all the rules to the workers and to the consumers i already i already see the struggle in my head yeah because i'm already seeing the argument against it saying you know that that's where you have then if you involve more people then you're gonna have you know more infighting you're gonna yeah. have uh, differences of opinions you're gonna have corruption you're gonna have this, like it, i could already see the argument against it yeah 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 even though i already see the argument for it because mm -hmm. i'm all you know yeah if you have corporations then you have corruption and then you have things happening behind closed doors i think either way you have those problems I don't, so okay i'm with it yeah <laughs> So another point says... I, I'm with it. You know what I'm with it for? Yeah. I'm with it on the... In the sense that if you do have industry, let's say the the meatpacking industry, mm -hmm. or let's say, you know, coal miners, I don't know, mm -hmm. like industry, right? Some mm -hmm. sort of industry. The agricultural industry. Yeah. Okay, that's another big one. Um, if you have it run by the... Or at least a little more unionized where you have people that that are doing the labor kind of managing the direction and the ethics of the corporation mm -hmm. there's going to be less things where th there's going to be more of an ethical decision making and practical decision making for certain things that are going to that are going to affect the actual person doing the work exactly. um they're, they're going to be thinking and voting and, and projecting their voice towards things that be that benefit them directly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and we'll uh, at the same time benefit the entire product that it's being yeah. serviced because they're gonna they're directly creating the product they're gonna want the product to benefit society and benefit yeah. people mm -hmm. um there's gonna be less likely that they're gonna let's say put out something that's poisonous yeah or something that is harmful yeah because people sitting in their offices they don't really know what's going on in in the in the factories land or, fields, or factories yeah, yeah. So it makes sense that people that are actually working, doing the hard work, that maybe the people in the office are just planning, but are not doing, right. that they have a say. Yeah, if you're sitting in an office with a pad and a pencil or a computer, and you're just making decisions and typing and saying, yes, let's do more of this. Let's use, let's use this product. Let's use, you know, let's work these many hours. Let's, you know, and they're just making those decisions, but they're, they're never going to do the work. They're never going to be in there. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to take responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. Because they're just deciding things, but they're not really involved in it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see where that's where they can have problems. And that's, I can see the benefit of having, yeah, the, the, the people themselves be involved in the, in the decision making. It's just, the only issue is just that unions do exist and unions do have a lot of monopolizing as well. So it's, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it has to be a uh, balance. Yep. All 50 right. 50-50. I like it so okay. far. Okay. 
I'm in so far. The I think next I'm in. Count point, me in for that one, Carla. Okay. The next point that the article highlights is that uh, democratic socialists believe that the government should regulate corporations in order to mitigate the harms of capitalism and push companies to act in the best interest of workers and society as a whole. Wow. Uh, some of these uh, items of, that they believe in is uh, raising minimum wage, mandating parental leave, uh, banning companies from outsourcing jobs to low-wage countries, and banning environmentally, environmentally harmful activities. Mm. So it's basically for the government not to think that the corporation is a person, which is what the government thinks right now. They treat it like an entity, they, like a person. Yeah, they yeah. treat it as, as they're a person. They can make their own decisions. It doesn't matter. But more to treat it as what it is. It's a company should be responsible for different aspects that a company uh, is, is... It should is, be a collective of people making decisions yeah. and, and being checked Yeah, yeah, yeah. for their practices. Like a check and balance. Yeah. For corporations and companies by the government. I, I could already see the argument against that. I, mm -hmm. can, I can see wealthy business owners saying, no, I don't want the government to start telling me what to do with my business. If I built this business up, then I should be able to do it the, and run it the way I, I can. Yeah. I, don't want the, I don't want the government to, to put a... I don't want the government to stop me, to give me a ceiling yeah. that, I, that I hit eventually and say, you can only make about this much money and we're going to regulate you and control what your growth can be. Yeah. Um, and I'm, sh I mean, there's arguments on both sides. I could, I could already see the arguments for both sides and I could already understand why it would be difficult for right now big companies or corporations or wealthy people to say, yeah, this is great because they probably feel like there's a big unknown. Yeah. Like what will happen if this happens? And if, they, you know, they're going to lose control of their own businesses. It, they don't want everybody to be equal. Why would they want everybody to be equal when they're the one, the ones making much of the money, you know? They're the ones having that. They're the ones profiting and then yeah. they're the ones controlling the, the decision making so that they can profit, obviously. That's, yeah. that's the way it works. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's something to think about. Is this, these are just their ideas and some ideas that we actually share because um, there's some points there that are important for anybody. Uh, if you work in a company, if you're part of a company, you know that sometimes things are not made the right way. I think I think this so. is where this is where um, people hear these this kind of ideology and then they associate this concept with like communism. communism because it's automatically this picture in their head of everybody sharing everything and there's no big corporations and the government controls and regulates mm -hmm. so that it keeps everybody at an even salary or an even bracket yeah i don't think that it's that has to be that extreme yeah. no i think that maybe uh capitalism and this Capital type capitalism is another extreme and we're in a, a different level of capitalism yeah, in, in the united like, states like in a high super yeah we're like mega capitalists yeah so but at this exactly so because we are at that point i think that it's necessary to have some kind of regulations like pull back they're yeah like they're um putting out because um it is ridiculous that the this inequality yeah. that we have in the country yeah we're creating we're creating a, a, i mean there's always been an inequality in this country mm -hmm. but we're creating a weird new caste system yeah that that is is so far from 
I mean, we, you heard Bernie Sanders and all people talking about like the one percent and the eight mm-hmm. percent, and all, like mm-hmm. the the amount of like you know wealth that is kept to such small amount of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so extreme that um that we, and we don't that, that we don't even see it. Exactly, we're not even aware of it. Exactly, you know, and it's happening all around us. Yeah. So the last point that is highlighted on this article is that democratic socialists believe that no one should lack basic necessities because of the accident of where or to whom they were born. Nice. Um, like that. that no one that everybody should have food, quality education, health care and childcare. Like so that. that everybody in this country this country is so wealthy and that's why talking about inequality makes sense because how is it that we have the 90% uh, the 1% that controls I don't know how many 90% of the economy and but you still have people without water and you still have people living in poverty in the United States and that and that's something that that's something that that's an idea that I think most of us would agree with mm-hmm. that everybody that this country is wealthy enough, enough that everybody should have a little bit of everything everybody yeah. should have the basic needs the met. basic needs yeah but we've you have to realize and, and i think that it's part of knowing a little bit of the american history that some a, a lot of the things that we have whether it's uh, a system of welfare or unemployment mm-hmm. or you know benefits like unemployment benefits social security other things that we have that are government you know programs to help people mm-hmm. helping the elderly helping the disabled you know these things didn't always exist yeah. and and there's there're new te- tested concepts things that are being that have been tested maybe you know 100 years 200 years yeah you know not that long so yeah. so it you know raising the level of ra- raising the lifestyle of people of mm-hmm. the masses of people right is not a concept that most countries, organized governments, have really cared about yeah. over the centuries. Yeah. You know, it's a new concept to actually even care about it. Um, so, the f- I mean, the fact that this country even tries or has things in place is great. Mm-hmm. But is there more to do? Yes, because we still see it. We see homeless people all around. Mm-hmm. We see uh, sick people, people that, that are mentally ill, that yeah. are being let out of hospitals. Yeah. Because they can't, you know, be taken care of and they're being let out into the streets. Yeah. You're seeing things like that. You're seeing people that have no food. Yeah. That are that are scrapping by on, on garbage food. They're not they don't even have quality food. Yeah. You know, I mean, eat, just to eat fresh food like fresh vegetables and fresh, you know, mm-hmm. dairy and things like that is hard to come by in certain places. So yeah. Yeah, we all look around and say, well, can't this this shouldn't be happening. We should be able to do something about it. And the only way to do something about it is by organizing mm-hmm. and regulating and pushing the government because there's nobody else that would do that mm-hmm. but us forcing the government to do something. Otherwise, we're going to go to a private company and say, can you help us, right? Exactly. And, that, and people aren't going to do that. Yeah. And a private company is not just going to volunteer. So totally understood. And yes, I, just, I'm, a, a, I'm on board with that It's a, a lot. challenge. But it's a challenge. Yes, it's a challenge. Everything that is laid out here is a challenge. Uh, I think just because we, as people and as citizens, sometimes we are so comfortable living the lives that we're living, right? Yeah. We are focused on our future and on our, how are we going to get by? Not necessarily how society as a whole is going to get by because 
it's hard. So you want to keep up with your life and you want to keep up with your future. You don't want to sit down and think about the future of generations. And that's the truth. So I guess that's like the only way to really care about these issues is going to vote. And I think I think um, on the idea of everybody should have the, the necessities, right? Mm -hmm. I have to admit because I'm I'm a New Yorker. We live in New York. We mm -hmm. we you know we have a certain lifestyle. We have certain things that we need, but yeah. then we also have certain things that we don't need. Yeah. That we understand that is not necessary. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because we're living in a community. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in a city. And we're sharing public transportation. Public transportation is another concept. Yeah. That is, you know, like an organized for the people kind of concept that is unionized, mm -hmm. is, you know, and is constantly with strikes and things and, and they're trying to increase the, the, uh, the, the, fair. the fares and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And these, the fact that we have to share all these things constantly, I think for the most part, you will see that people in the city the average person in the city will be okay with the idea of sharing and mm -hmm. that people should have what they need yeah right the mo the average person the most most people but i'm sure in the city there's also people that for them enough is never enough yeah that they want more and yeah. they get more and then they want more and they get more and then they want more they want a bigger apartment a bigger house they want to you know they want to have luxuries they want to have things that aren't necessary yeah You know, and when they have all these things that are their comfort things, they still want more on top yeah. of that. Well, look at Trump. Yeah. He had everything and he wanted to be president. That wasn't necessary. Yeah. And now he's president. Something that it really he, he didn't need it. It was just for his, for his ego. For being like, look, and I can do this too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really have to be president. No. There was nothing in his past that said Not he'd be a necessary. great president. Not necessary at all. We didn't need it. Nobody called for it. But people no, went to people 50, went to vote. 50% called. Be, but that's 51%. what I'm saying. But then we go back to the whole point. People went out to vote. Yeah. So now that we're listening to different platforms and different ideas, yeah. We have to go back to vote too. We have to go. Well, so I I think to the point of how people when they say democratic socialists, yeah. how they associated with let's say in an image of a dark communist country mm -hmm. um i think i think there's a there's a diff you don't have to be uber wealthy you don't have to be extra wealthy mm -hmm. to still have it a little twisted in your head if you're the kind of personality that that enough is never enough and you always need more yeah then you probably have that image in your head when you hear democratic socialists you probably imagine this dark communist environment where you don't have enough yeah, yeah, where you yeah. just have only enough to survive only, exactly. you know like 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 as though that would be the extreme right. that that people would tell you you can't have any luxuries right right you know what i mean and i think i think we over emphasize luxury in in the capitalist environment yeah and some things that we think are necessary are luxuries uh, and we don't realize it because we're in a capitalist environment that is constantly produce and consume produce and consume you are right we, we don't are, we, we don't are. realize it that we're living in a disposable environment everything's disposable mm -hmm. everything's temporary everything You're costs right. money and we're, we're just in a hyper consumer society right so we are all used to consume consume and then when we stop consuming or when we haven't consumed for a while you feel it Yeah, you and you're like, oh, I need something new. Yeah. Oh, I need something that you know will fulfill myself. It can be food. 
Yeah. Going out to eat lunch is a luxury that we think that is it's not a necessity. that is a necessity. Yeah. But it but No, it's true. It's true. It, and there's a lot of things that yeah. I think because it's a it's a developed country, because it's a hyper capitalist country, we don't realize it. And yeah. And and then we compare it in our minds, we get this image of like, oh my god, now I'm not gonna have any luxuries mm-hmm. and And it's all about the luxuries yeah. if you think about it. Yeah, because nobody's saying you're not gonna have food. Or water, or a roof of on the or, or clothing, or clothing, or health. Yeah. You know, it, it. But but people associate it with that. They assume immediately, like, I won't have my big car. I won't have no a car. Ropa para exactly. I won't have my no luxury clothing. Everybody has to wear gray, and everybody has to wear, you know. <laughs> the the hands made tail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, New Yorkers yeah. already wear black anyway, so it, doesn't, exactly. it wouldn't affect us really that much. <laughs> but. Uh, no, I, I think that that's the idea. That's and that, true, that's, that's true. the picture that they get in their head. That and and I think the other picture they get in their head is the idea that you, you're you going to have the government constantly telling you what you can do and mm-hmm. what you can't do. Um, because they paint that picture of, of like there's a lack of freedom in a communist environment. It's a stereotype that there's a lack of freedom. And that what you're giving, you're not receiving. Right, that's true. Because, you know, in order to get some of these things, yeah, taxes have to be raised because we're going to be founding healthcare and different things for the whole society so to think that oh but i'm gonna pay all this amount of taxes but i'm not gonna see the results of it yeah of course because we're doing it for everybody yeah i think i think that's where it's the individualistic view exactly exactly i think we don't think about us as a community we think about me 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 what do i get what do i and and i think i think we see in republicans a very clear like oh the republicans are the, are the wealthy corporate types and all that and 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 but we don't realize that also in democratic yeah. party there's corporate wealthy mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and so like you have something like this called democratic socialism where it kind of starts to go back to the grassroots of what it's supposed to be about yeah. what you think the democrats are about yeah which is is helping and, the people and that's why there's a lot of Democrats, old school Democrats, that they are not supporting progressive and democratic socialist uh, candidates. So, do you think it's a generational thing? Do you I, think it's a new generation of? of I think people? it's it's a a new view, yeah, and a new generation. So, am I going to be waiting around for the uh, Republican? You know, to wait until 2030, Re- 2040. <laughs> Republican socialists. Uh, Oh, they're going to come. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Actually, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. It might because there's a lot of Republicans that they support these ideas. It's just that they don't know them. But there's a lot of Republicans that they support a lot of these ideas. And more in the middle of the country. That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering because they're not. Some of these things are not specific to Republican or Democrat. Mm -hmm. It's just a general society Thing. Yeah, so I, I I can see that also. I'm be, I'll be curious to see if somebody. Uh, that would be interesting. Yeah, that mm. would be interesting. Republican socialist. All right. So, <laughs> what's her name again? Alexandria. Alexandria Caso Cortez. Go out to vote November six <laughs> in New York. Everybody in the United States, go vote. Yeah, and and um, and hopefully we we see more people like her. I hope. Yeah. I hope we see more people like her. Yeah. Out there talking and and motivating people i think that who would thought that me and you would be talking politics exactly if not for something like Imagine. this so that's well, good yeah
Hablando español, Carla. Okay. How do you How do you say depth? <laughs> yeah, how do you say depth? <laughs> I said it the same way you're saying it. Okay, now you got it now. Okay, depth. Um hmm. Depth? I don't I do not know how to say depth in Spanish. You don't know? Depth. Um I mean, I know how to say profundo. Profundidad? Is it? Yes. So profundo is deep. Yeah. So depth is profundidad. Profundidad. Uh, that's, that's a big word compared to depth. Yeah. Profundidad. Mm-hmm. All right, gotcha. See? Next one. Yes. Dimension. <laughs> Dimension. Dimension. Okay. Next one. Dimension. <laughs> Dimension. Okay. Dimension is dimension. Yes. Okay. Next one. Illusion. Illusion. Illusion is illusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are too easy. <laughs> Next one. Scale. 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 I was going to say scala, but it's not scala. It is scala. Scala, scale, but that's to weigh something. Yes. But if you're talking about the scale of an object, like the size of an object, I don't think that that would be scala. So there's another word that is um, amplitude. Amplitude. Which also translates to width or scope. Hmm. Amplitude could be scope. I could see that. But not scale scale would not be so scala really mm-hmm. put it in a sentence how would you say scala like like the scale of of, of that building you would say la scala del... it can be el, el tamaño a escala i've heard that tamaño a escala tamaño size size of the scale okay i guess i'll accept scala Okay. I'm sure I'm going to research it and find a better word. Oh, okay. (sighs) The next one is... (laughs) Hablando Español. (laughs) Overlapping. Overlapping. Wow, I've never said that in Spanish. Overlapping. Overlapping. Overlapping in Spanish. Yeah, you're not going to know this one. I mean, I would have to put it in a sentence and say like... Poner encima, like put in front or something like that. But I would never know overlapping. Yeah, so there's actually a word. What is it? Is superposición. Superimpose. Superposición. Superpo- superposición. Superposición. Entonces, si estoy diciendo que voy a poner el, el, la figura al, en frente del otro, voy a decirle, voy a super posos <laughs> help me out here come on um you will say super voy a... no super i've heard also super imponer so voy a super ponerse super poner voy a super poner esto sobre esto super poner super poner Superponerse. So, overlap, superponerse. Overlap, superponerse. 
superposición. I would say overlap then is being used like like superimpose. Mm. Okay. So superimpose, superimponerse, <laughs> overlap, same thing, I guess. Yeah. Okay, next one, contrast. Contrast. Contraste. That one's easy. Yeah. Uh, next one, socialism. What? Socialism. Socialism is so socialismo. <laughs> uh, and last one I have, representation. Representation is representación. Yes. Tricky. <laughs> Tricky when I have to try to think about it in Spanish. Um, all right, for you, I would say I have I have one or two. Okay. Um, I think the first one that I would say is how do you say inequality? Es desigualdad. De, what? Desigualdad. It's not inequality? No. Des. Desigualdad. Desigualdad. Mm -hmm. Desigualdad. I don't think I've ever said that. Yeah. That's interesting. Because um, igual is same as like equal. So when, when you're not equal, will be desigualdad. Alright, so another one that I got for you is, you said, you told everybody to go out and vote. Mm -hmm. How do you say vote in Spanish? Votar. Voto. Voto. Alright. Alright guys, by any voten. Alright, another episode in the bag. Yes. Catching up, catching up. Yeah, finally. Do we know what we're going to talk about next episode, or are we just going to wing it? Wing it. Wing it? No, come on. We know what we're going to talk about. Next episode is easy. We're going to talk about Picasso. Oh, that's right. The series. Um, we're going to be reviewing the Picasso TV show. Yeah. And I might talk about uh, I might talk about cubism also. Oh, um, that's cool. But, um, but yeah, we finally got to see the whole series, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. All right? Catch you guys next time.